Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I just saw breaking news. Breaking news. New York transit riders are no longer required to wear masks. Now, I haven't been in New York uh, in a long time, and certainly not during the pandemic, but I have heard uh, some of my favorite podcasters say nobody was wearing masks on any of the public transport, just like I was talking about at the Burbank Airport. What does it do to society as I'm walking through the airport, hearing the announcement every five minutes? A reminder, health ordinances require mask wearing at all times in the airport. Thank you. And nobody, and I mean nobody, is wearing a mask. So what? Wow. What? what is that? How does how nobody pull the plug and say, nobody's following our guidelines, so plan it is really stupid, or counterproductive or or the flip side we need to enforce this let's start giving out tickets or kicking people out of the airport until people start wearing masks or you don't get to ride the subway in new york but you either got to enforce it or stop announcing it but announcing it with nobody following it i feel like is doing some serious damage to the psyche of america well, yeah, that that's straight out of some of the great novels about the Soviet Union, where the policy and the announcements and the rest of it continued, but nobody followed it whatsoever. But you'd walk down the street where the policy was being trumpeted from posters, just walk by them. Oh, I know what rem- I know. I knew it reminded me of something when sixty Minutes did a thing on North Korea years ago, and they had these uh, women standing in the intersections directing traffic. But there was no traffic, not a single car anywhere. But they would do their traffic, they would stop it, 
And then he'd wait a while, and then they would let them go, and they'd wave them on. But there was no cars. There were no cars. And I thought, that's a a similar sort of nonsense we got going on here. A reminder, health ordinances require mask usage at all time in the Burbank airport. All right. Okay. What are we trying to accomplish here? I have a mask story that's going to make that one seem reasonable. But we had decided to do something different. I want to stick with the plan. The plan is a good plan. It's a solid plan. It's going to get us where we need to go. This was a beautiful, beautiful moment that you will never, ever hear or see unless you watch Fox News or happen to listen to this show. But it's Peter Ducey of Fox News engaging uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, KJP, on the fact that she tweeted repeatedly through the years that various elections were stolen but is now railing against uh, Trumpy people saying that sort of thing. Uh, let's go ahead with uh, clip number 30, Michael. I think it sets it up pretty well. White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre has tweeted about elections she claimed were stolen by Republicans from Hillary Clinton and Stacey Abrams. You tweeted Trump stole an election. You tweeted Brian Kemp stole an election. If denying election results is extreme now. Yeah. So let's let's be really clear that that comparison that you made is just ridiculous. I have How been I have ridiculous? been well. You're asking me you're asking me a question. Yes. Let me answer it. And you said it's ridiculous. I was I was talking specifically at that time of what was happening with voting rights and the what was in danger of voting rights. No, you weren't. And what was in danger of voting rights? She's not even good at speaking English. <laughs> well, that aside, um, yeah. Uh, if you've seen her tweets, they were very uh, very clear what they were they were just saying the election was stolen oh yeah yeah it was unequivocal Uh, that is an absurd comparison let's go ahead play 32 michael two years after the georgia gubernatorial election she was still saying that election was stolen and while the press secretary did say in 2018 and 2019 that trump won the electoral college the only difference between her claims in 2016 that Trump lost and recent Republican claims in 2020 that Trump won, the claims the White House says are threatening democracy, is party ID. Trump should not be going around saying the election was stolen. But Stacey Abrams shouldn't be going around saying an election was stolen. Neither should Hillary Clinton and neither should KJP there. Right. Right. But but again, as uh, Ducey points out, the only difference between it was stolen and it threatens democracy to claim it was stolen is which party you're representing. Right. And the fact that this is not more well discussed or known or I mean, that, that was a ridiculous question. No, it was a long way from a ridiculous question. And, and that thing did, did he get picked up any other media anybody other no. than Fox run that I'd be shocked if there was anybody anywhere that ran that clip other than Fox. And so the point you just made that look everybody needs to stop running around unless they have serious proof and no they don't and don't send your emails good lord. Um uh, Nobody on the lefty media is going to take that on and say, uh, a point was made at the briefing room that both sides have engaged in election denialism, and we probably ought to cut it out because it's dangerous. Nobody in the lefty media has the balls to do that, like yeah. we just did. The and, white... and by the way, I'm not praising our courage. It hardly takes any courage at all. It's an obvious point. Yeah, the White House press spokesman, the president, mm-hmm. having given a primetime address just the other day, talking about 
denying election from Nuremberg results. live with the Nazis. <laughs> what did I hear yesterday? Judging by the visuals, Nazi Germany. That's right. It's like if Hitler and Stalin had a baby, it would have been that set or something like that. I don't remember. Something along those lines. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw that, too. Anyway. It's kind of funny. But anyway, um, the president gives a primetime speech talking about how denying election results is you know, a threat to democracy. That's why I have to give this primetime speech. And your own spokesman goes around <laughs> claiming without evidence also that an election was stolen and it's a nothing burger? It's a ridiculous yeah. comparison? All right. right. And it's not worth covering. That's not good news. No, no. Can you imagine what it will be like? And this could happen if we have a close 2024 election. Trump wins, DeSantis wins, whoever wins, a Republican wins in a close election. And the D's decide to go with the it was stolen. What the media coverage is going to be like on that? Do you mean like uh, the Democratic Party and the New York Times did for years and years uh, after the 2000 election, for instance? We're going to throw around historical examples. Oh, Bush this, v. Gore. This will, this will be a completely different level. Completely different level. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not exactly a new phenomenon, even though the New York Times itself later no, researched it, it and found out that Bush clearly won. But it will be all the anger and possibly violence that happened on the Trump side of things this last time around. On the Democratic side, but with the compliance of all the mainstream media. Yes. Imagine what that would look like. Amplifying those claims. Well, it would look like uh, the summer of 2000. Uh, I'm sorry, of 2020 with the George Floyd riots. Except more. Yeah, that's going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. So your headline was a woman speeding... Speeding woman on cocaine kills drunk driver high on meth in North Las Vegas. Yeah. That's something. And one of them, either the cocaine driver or the meth driver, their car flew 150 feet. Yeah, I think the tweaker was making some sort of illegal U-turn when the coked-up drunk, who was driving far too fast, smashed into it. Every uh, several people flew out of their cars. Um, everybody taken to the hospital. Uh, the the uh, the coke fiend had to be sedated. The meth head uh, succumbed to, I think, his wounds. Um, uh, you know, if there's a point to the story at all, it's if you're tempted to take a drive late at night in North Las Vegas, how about you stay home? Yeah. Yeah. Um, both these both these people doing 70 plus miles per hour in a 40 mile per hour zone got a couple of headlines here for you russia and ukraine are playing with fire according to the u.n nuclear inspectors by continuing to fight during around that giant nuclear power plant biggest nuclear power plant in all of europe and uh, that's continuing so that could turn into the biggest story in the world at any moment a different politics story. I came across this polling. Young voters had written off Joe Biden and are now re-jump-starting the Democrats' midterm fortunes. They have swung back the other direction for, I don't know, is it the Dobbs abortion decision? Is it Trump back in the news? Might be Trump back in the news. He's quite the animating force. 
the 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 White House has done a good job of putting Trump on the ballot, making it seem like the midterm election is about Trump. But anyway, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, what I you're going to make it against our crazy old bastard Joe Biden. We'll make it against yours. As I mentioned earlier, the most amazing stat I've heard recently in terms of the politics is as recently as May, the Republicans had a 12-point advantage on the generic ballot over the Democrats. Twelve, They were up 12. That's when everybody was talking about the red tsunami. It's just a matter of how many. Will it be triple digits of House seats changing? And now the Dems are up three. So a 12-point Republican advantage to a Democratic advantage of three. A 15-point swing since May. Which has not happened before. And a totally different topic later in the hour. Are you looking at a screen right now? Laptop, smartphone, something like that. It is killing you. Stay tuned. We'll tell you about it unless you're dead. You know, in 15 minutes when we get to it, then I guess you won't hear it. You'll be dead. Wow. If you're looking at a screen right now, which is nearly everyone. Yes. It is killing you. Yes. And you probably won't live long enough to hear the segment. Which is coming up next. If by the grace of God you do, well, you'll enjoy it. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We should probably get to this, the Wall Street Journal. Uh, How teachers are secretly taught critical race theory. It features one Pennsylvania father's effort to find out what's being taught to his kids' instructors. And it's interesting, and you got to wonder if it's happening at your school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can't wait for that. Stay tuned with us, won't you? Dateline Corvallis, Oregon, where my son lives. Uh, Too much blue light from gadgets like TVs, laptops, smartphones can accelerate the aging process. Yeah, I turn off the blue According light. According to a new study. I turn off the blue light on my stuff. As if that isn't bad enough, researchers found that the light could also lead to the onset of obesity and psychological problems. Great. Other, other than obesity, craziness, and death, it's pretty good for you. <laughs> obesity, craziness, and death. Says Dr. Unpronounceable Unpronounceable, a professor at the Department of Integrative Biology at Oregon State University, quote, excessive exposure to blue light from everyday devices may have detrimental effects on a wide range of cells in our body, from skin and fat cells to sensory neurons. We are the first to show that the levels of specific metabolites, chemicals that are essential for cells to function correctly, are altered in fruit flies exposed to blue light. If you've ever hung around fruit flies, you know how much they enjoy their smartphone. You try to talk to them, they're always flipping through their phone. Um, uh, So I like, so as you said, other than making you crazy, fat, and dead, it's not much of a problem. I turn mine off. I don't know if everybody knows this. If you swipe down on on your iPhone anyway, and you press on the brightness thing, it gives you the option of going to night mode. Night mode is turning off the blue light. And I leave my blue light off all day long. Now, it makes the colors a little bit weird, but you get used to it, and who cares anyway? So the brightness thing. You touch that, you said? Uh, press, you to hold it down with your thumb, and up comes a screen where you can turn the night shift on and off, true tone on and off, dark mode. But night mm. shift on means the blue the blue light is turned off. And so I just leave mine all day all long. Yeah, all day long. I, I never have my blue light on my phone. And right, you get I'm used trying. to it. And uh, and I just read enough oh, about wow. the blue light stuff that's 
Um, that's supposed to be really horrible for you in all kinds of ways. And is it true? Because I remember reading this, but it sounds made up, that the only reason the blue light exists is from the movie Blade Runner. Have you heard this? No. In the movie Blade Runner, which was about the future, back before we had computers, all the computers had this blue light coming off of them. So when they first started making electronic gadgets, they thought they needed to have the cool blue light like they did in Blade Runner, and that's why Hmm. it's there. That can't be true, can it? I don't know. It seems odd to me. I if mean, so I look at my for, iPhone, it, it just kind of looks like reality. But if it's so, slightly brighter, if it's so bad for us, wouldn't they have gotten rid of it by now? If it was only there as kind of like a weird gimmick? It seems well, like it back, must be necessary. You, well, it's not necessary. Obviously, it, I just turn mine off and it's fine. I mean, it, it might be a more realistic light spectrum, but it comes at you differently. Uh, anyway, back to the, the fruit fly thing. And if you're cynical about the fruit fly thing, please don't be. Um, humans and fries have, have similarities on a cellular level. For instance, says the doctor, the signaling chemicals in the cells of flies and humans are the same, so there's potential for negative effect of blue light on humans. To understand why high-energy blue light is responsible for accelerating agency, aging rather in fruit flies, we compared the level of metabolites in flies exposed to blue light for two weeks to those kept in complete darkness, um, and, and they had far worse results, you know, Obviously, with the uh, exposed to blue light, um, I wish they had not done complete darkness, but maybe just average amb- ambient light. So if you're about, what, 35, you've been staring at a smartphone your whole in- adult life. You're the first group to stare at these phones your whole life. God, I wonder if we're going to have studies come out years from now and just think, oh, my God, the it'd be like margarine, the way we feel about margarine now. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. One of the metabolites they're talking about is something called either succinate or even better, succinate. Um, it's my least favorite uh, chemical. I ordered one um, of those from Amazon. They uh, <laughs> they discovered the levels of that increased while glutamate levels dropped. Quote, succinate is essential for producing the fuel for the function and growth of each cell. High levels of succinate after exposure to blue light can be compared to gas being in the pump but not getting into the car. Another troubling discovery was that molecules responsible for communication between neurons, such as glutamate, are at a lower level after blue light exposure. Wow, I wonder if this will bear out. I mean, that. how big a deal would that be? Yeah, Turns out that very, we're just poisoning ourselves on a cellular level. Very, very big. And that's why I leave my blue light off. Now, you'll get a chance to absorb more blue light with your new iPhone 14, which they're announcing here in the next 40 minutes as we record this live. And they're expected to have uh, the biggest phone yet, fastest phone yet, biggest, best camera yet, 48 megapixel camera. The Apple Watch 8 I'm kind of interested in. The rumor is they're going to put out like a sport model, the rugged design for uh, beating it up a little more model. Of oh, the, I was uh, just going to say the one, the one thing I really, really want out of my iPhone is I can drop it and it's not going to break the screen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Some sort of bulletproof screen. Where's that, Apple? Bulletproof, exactly. Yeah, or at least idiot dropping it proof. It's also going to be like $1,400, the biggest, best iPhone that comes out today. Oof. Holy cow. That's why I'm thinking I'm going to buy a 13. The price on the older ones goes down when the new one comes out, usually. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I heard about a, a dog at an airport in Italy who made a pretty big discovery. Let's take a look at this. The drug-sniffing dog at a Milan, Italy airport found more than 30 pounds of cocaine in a wheelchair. The narcotics were stuffed into the chair's leather upholstery. Authorities say the suspect immediately stood up from the wheelchair and was arrested. The guy stood up like, it's a miracle! I can't believe it! So when I hear the term at this point, critical race theory, I kind of just uh, flinch a little bit. And think, uh, what, what, what's about to come my way? There's just so much noise around it. It makes me groan. 
Uh, it's a thing. It's a real thing, and it's it's something that that, that I'm concerned about in school. But uh, some of my uh, I feel like right leaning colleagues in the media also argue no critical race theory is not being taught in schools because they have a very narrow legalistic definition of what that is. I don't think that's what most of us parents care about. Yeah, it's it's way out of date. That formal legal theory has come to mean the premise that this country is based on racism and you ought to teach it to kids. Right. Randy Weingarten has left no room for doubt. She said specifically, critical race theory is not taught in elementary schools or high schools. She is the president of the American Federation of Teachers. You probably have become familiar with her throughout the entire battle over um, opening the schools or not. But you got this Pennsylvania dad who wasn't buying her uh, explanation or her guarantee. Parent of a high schooler in the district wanted to see the materials that they were using to train the teachers. He made a formal document request but was denied. Officials told him the materials couldn't be shared because they were protected by a copyright by the company that made them. (laughs) I can't see the materials you use to train the teachers to teach my kid. No, because they're copyrighted. His only option was to inspect them in person. No copies or photos allowed. What are they trying to hide, he asked school board members in a meeting in December. He accepted the district's offer and in February went to inspect the documents in person. You've got to realize that took, what, that's three months later. And he's sticking to it. Wow. When he, yeah. tr- when he tried to record voice memos on his phone about what he was reading, a district office called it a copyright violation. According to a subsequent complaint filed by the uh, father in federal court, the official threatened him with civil and criminal liability if he kept recording. The official then ended the meeting. So in April, we're now five months after that original request, uh, Dad sued the district. His argument, the First Amendment, protects his right to access information about officials' public activities and issues of public and private debate without retaliation, blah, 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 blah. Um, Fought it, fought it, fought it, fought it. So, uh... We've now get to see the materials finally after working its way through the courts and the back and forth. Our examination of those and ma- and it is no accident that they make it so painstaking and long no. to get to the truth. No, no accident because most people wouldn't stick with it like this and go through the back and forth, another court, another filing, that sort of thing. So now the Wall Street Journal has said it has seen this stuff and said our examination of those materials indicate that the staff at that school are being trained in critical race theory. Documents emailed from 2019 to 2021 by Pacific Education Group, that's the organization that had the copyrighted material, to district administrators in advance of various training seminars cite critical race theory explicitly. Uh, They uh, show a date of February 4th, 2020, piece of paper encouraging participants to deconstruct the presence and role of whiteness in their lives. That's all I need to hear, actually. I'm going right. to go on, mm-hmm. but that's all I need to hear. The fact that that sentence exists on a piece of paper that was given to teachers to train them to teach students. It's all you need to know. It also explains why, as Joe just pointed out, they're working so hard to make sure you didn't see this stuff. And why Randy Weingarten, for instance, would say specifically, categorically, that we're not teaching this in schools. Think about that. When was the last time you denied something that you're proud of, or you can defend, or is a good thing. Nobody does. This particular paragraph encouraged participants to, quote, deconstruct the presence and role of whiteness in their lives. A March 17th, 2020 presentation lists, quote, aspects and assumptions of white culture, 
In the U.S., some are negative, such as win at all costs, wealth equals worth, don't show emotion. Who's being taught don't show emotion? And in reference to food, bland is best. Oh, <laughs> Larry, I hadn't heard wow. that one. That's wow. that's the whiteness that they're trying to overcome. <laughs> oh, my God. If it weren't so tragic, it would be quite funny, that part. Uh, others are seemingly universal principles, such as cause and effect relationships, seen as whiteness, objective. Oh, that's physics. Objective, rational, linear thinking, and planning for the future. That's the sort of whiteness that they're being told to stamp out in their teaching. Presentation also spells out the five tenets of critical race theory. Wait a second, they're using the actual term critical race theory. That's mm. uh, that, I thought they were told they're explicitly not teaching. Anyway. To better understand the critical intersection of race and schooling, one tenet is, quote, the performance of racism or the idea that racism racism is endemic to all our institutions, systems, and structures in the U.S. Wow, that's a heck of a thing to cite. They're teaching the teachers to understand that... Uh, Racism is endemic to all our institutions in the United States, systems and structures. Another mm-hmm. is whiteness as property, the critique of liberalism, um, uh, colorblindness, neutrality of the law, and the myth of the meritocracy all must be, all must be deconstructed. Right. And uh, keep, keep in mind the flip side of that coin. What they're teaching little children of color is that planning for the future is acting white. Using cause and effect, logical analysis, that's acting white. Being thoughtful and deliberative as opposed to emotional, that's acting white. Boy, is that racist. Wow. How troubling is it that this guy had to go to these great lengths and fight his way through the court system for anybody to be able to get a look at this stuff? It's troubling and revealing. So they're hiding it. They're they're so convinced that they're uh, well they're convinced of all this stuff they believe it so mm-hmm. the the entire system is racist and we've got to sneak this in the back door somehow without anybody spying it so we can fix this racist racist country and that's how yeah. they justify it I guess yeah well said I think so uh, plus it's you know there's a long history of various ideological revolutionaries realizing okay these ideas aren't very popular people have rejected them so we need to jam them down people's throats for their own good. So it's a combination of what they would say was, well, we're in a racist, uh, we're, we're trying to give the racist society the drug it needs to change, and it's resisting us, so we got to keep this on the down low. And, you know, people are so stupid, they're not as nearly smart as us, so we got to, well, keep it on the down low. An attorney representing the school district told the Wall Street Journal that these materials were for district leadership team training only. He insisted the materials were not designed to train for classroom teaching, but merely to help district leaders understand what critical race theory is. Uh, which is Even an interesting... if that's true, it's a distinction without a difference. He added that none of the training designed for the core uh, classroom teachers included this. Does that mean that no teachers attended this training that discussed the critical race theory? The lawyer would not answer that question. Of course not. <laughs> but so you're training the teacher's bosses in this, and I'm supposed right. to believe that it's not filtering down? Well, why would you do that if you weren't hoping it was somehow filtering down? 
Well, and if it if what is being taught were true, and the teacher trainers trained the teachers on it, and the teachers didn't enact it, that would make them horrible racists. Anyway, going on, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, information on the district's website seems to show that the teachers were attending that those meetings. And uh, they showed that five to eight teachers from each building in the district would uh, uh, did attend the training and that the material above was included in the team training. Well, the Wall Street Journal has determined so. But wow. the fact that they're working so hard to hide this and lie about this, that should scare you on its own. Well, and when you go to your school district or your local school and say, hey, are y'all teaching this stuff? Don't take their word. I'm not saying assume that they're lying to you. I'm just saying you can't take their word. The district is still uh, maintaining that its actions were justified because of the copyright asserted by the company that made the material. So they're still saying, no, we did the right thing. This stuff is copyrighted and people aren't allowed to see it. Wow. Yeah. Holy crap. I mean, yeah, that is the thinnest of legal arguments that, well, no, it's copyrighted, so you can't make copies of it and distribute it or anything like that. Well, okay, fair enough. How about I just ask you what's in it? Uh, No comment. You can't see it. It's ridiculous. That's wild. And it it includes some of those worst aspects that, you know, we've been talking about than you've been hearing about included in there that, you know, the various things that a lot of people, a lot of us think are really a good idea, like achievement or you know, um, putting forth effort or being on time or whatever. Uh, right. Are, Put off pleasure temporarily. Get your homework done, because when you get that education, it's going to be great for your future. That's acting white, little kids. Wow. So crazy. Oh, I know it. Um, if you ever come across any of this, you should let us know. You can always text us, 415-295-KFTC. Or like a lot of folks have forwarded it, the, the, uh, the, the actual materials, to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. About 56% of full-time U.S. employees, more than 70 million workers, say they can do their job from home. But companies like Goldman Sachs, Tesla, Bank of America, and Morgan Stanley are requiring employees to return to the office full-time. After over two years working from home, some companies have fully embraced it. This summer, Yelp announced it would close offices in three major cities after just 1% of employees voluntarily returned in person. So about half. So that's interesting. We went from, well, this changes everything. Will, will, employ, will, will employees ever be back in the workplace? What about all this empty business? What about all the businesses that sell, you know, coffee around the, the building where the none, none of that's going to change because everybody's going back to work because you're being wow. told by your boss you got to. And then with Yelp, 1% shows up? Well, yeah. Well, you, you, well I don't know. I, don't, I haven't heard many... Uh, People quitting with Tesla, you know, Elon put it out there, either show up or leave, but you're showing up. I I actually haven't heard a follow-up at all. Right. How much resistance is he getting? How much compliance is he getting? It's probably better than Yelp. <laughs> maybe, maybe Yelp gets terrible Yelp reviews and the employees didn't want to come back. Two stars. I'm not working there. But remember all the stories early on? Some companies are reporting being more productive with people at home. Well, yeah. companies must have decided they're better off with you there. Oh, yeah, at least a couple, two, three days a week. I, I have a feeling that, yeah, if we look back on this five years from now, we're going to see more people working remotely than before, significantly more. But it will be, I don't know. You know, it's funny. It's going to say more than halfway back to the old way. But I don't know that I'm right. Not everybody it's still wants, a guess. Not, I feel like there's an assumption that everybody wants to work from home. I don't. Well, no, and it's it's impossible in a lot of industries too. Um, so anyway, uh, oh, speaking of that sort of thing, work-related uh, topics. I, I found this headline uh, not only amusing but revealing. Uh, Gen Z didn't uh, coin the term "quiet quitting." Gen X did. Wait a minute. What? I'm a Gen X. That's my generation. Talking about my generation. I actually hate the whole generation thing. But they go back to a number of examples from popular culture. 
of the Gen X days of youth and, and when we were first becoming the popular culture mavens and, and, and movies like, uh, Slacker, Clerks, The Big Lebowski, Wayne's World, Office Space, that were all about doing the bare minimum. True. And how that uh, became a very popular notion. And they go into a bunch of different examples yeah. that I thought were interesting, I was kind pre- of across time. I was prepared to uh, think this was crap, but I'm, I'm starting to buy it. That was kind of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And let's see. Uh, they go into Herman Melville's story, Bartleby the Scrivener, in 1853, which was kind of quiet quitting. The catchphrase from that was Bartleby, Bartleby constantly saying, I would prefer not to. He just, <laughs> I don't know that and, book. And he does. It's a short story. Um, and and he, he, he does, just doesn't do anything he doesn't feel like doing. Mm. And nobody's quite sure what to make of that. <laughs> so Melville invented quiet quitting. I'll be darned. Well, kind of, sort of, yeah. And they go into various examples from cop, pop culture. There's Peter in office space. My only real motivation is not to be hassled. That and the fear of losing my job. But you know, <laughs> but you know, Bob, he says to a consultant, that will only make someone work just hard enough to not get fired. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And then people talk about, um, uh, this one gal saw the movie and it resonated with her. Um, uh, after five years of working herself to exhaustion at a tech company in the 90s, well, she put herself through college, this woman, uh, Kelly Johnson, her spirit finally broke. She kept showing up to work, but she stopped going above and beyond. It felt radical. And so was what happened next. Once I did mentally quit, nobody noticed. I was putting, <laughs> I was putting 50% of my energy into doing just what's in my job pers- description, and no one noticed. I continued to get promoted. I continued to get raises, continued to get things added to my job description. Well, now that's interesting. And then she wrote a book in 2008, uh, Rules for the Workplace, an irreverent guide to advancing your career. And coined the term for experience, quitting in place, back in 2008 as a Gen Xer. It's final thoughts with energy. We call this part of the show Final Thoughts, and your host for Final Thoughts is Joe Getty. Hey, everybody, welcome. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, our technical director, leading us off, Michelangelo. Michael? Yeah, you know, guys, if you check online, there's glasses that you can buy that filter out blue light. My wife has some, and I think I'm going to get some now after hearing that story today. So, Yeah, I have some of those reading glasses at home. Yeah, i got to dig into my computer monitor here and make sure I'm not getting the blue light. It's going to kill me. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? Yeah, I mentioned yesterday I'm in seven different fantasy football leagues, which is just way too many. That's a lot. It is, but I was doing a draft last night, and I looked across the bar where we were sitting, and I saw the drummer of one of my favorite bands, and normally I don't do it, but I got up and introduced myself. Could not have been nicer, could not have been more humble, took as many pictures, answered as many questions as I had. It was great meeting the guy. Hmm. Well, that's because he's uh, realized he's little better than a chimpanzee, as we were discussing earlier today. <laughs> Chimps uh, drum. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us. Yeah, that story about that woman cutting back and, and realizing nobody even noticed. 
I'll always remember my, my, my first management position I had when I was like 21 to 23 years old. And I worked so freaking hard. I mean, I dedicated my life to that job. I was working 70 hours a week, giving up every sleep, girlfriends, everything for that job. And then when I finally left, I thought they're going to be sorry when I'm gone. That place is going to fall apart. They can't. Nobody even noticed. It just kept on keeping on just fine. That was a oh great, great life lesson for me right there. My final thought, and it's really the punchline to the last two and a half years, during the lockdown in California, during the kids not being allowed to go back to school, where Florida and Ron DeSantis were held up as criminals, Ron did death sentence, Gavin Newsom's in-laws fled California and moved to Florida. Registered as Florida voters, the whole shebang. That's amazing. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Many great clicks at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. I think that right now, um, you know, the honeymoon's over. Well, frickin' God! Uh, uh, Come on! Let's go out with a bang. Dooming them to terrible education losses as he just got on all fours and took it from the union. Probably an unnecessarily (laughs) frank metaphor. What the hell? That was the worst thing you've ever said. On that high note? Hasta la vista. (laughs) Baby. Thank you. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.